Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. This morning, uh, we want to talk about something that uh, we feel like is very, very vital. And I want to talk about having a stronger year. We're still in January. You may have abandoned your New Year's resolutions, but don't worry about it. We still have the whole year. And having a stronger year is important. Paul prayed three key prayers in both Ephesians and Colossians. He was praying for the church. And he was praying for the church. He prayed two of those prayers. He prayed very specifically that they would be strengthened. So we want to talk about that. How do we get stronger? That's part of our, our, our DNA as a church. Live for God. Grow stronger. Make a difference. You know, you can grow stronger in some different areas. You can grow stronger physically this year. Now, if you're thinking, oh, no, no. I'm retirement age. I can't. It's been proven you can build muscle mass into your 80s. So uh, if you've been using that tired excuse for a while, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to hold water. You can get stronger physically. You get stronger financially. We have a bunch of people signed up for financial peace, a class we offer here, and I think that's outstanding. That means you can get your finances stronger this year. You know, this year is a great year to get your mental and emotional health stronger. And we'll talk about how you can do that. And just because it's a big buzzword and everybody's on it, I believe the church still has the best answers for how to be mentally and emotionally strong. And we're going to talk about that. So, and... And you can grow stronger in your relationships. We get relationally stronger. You've been doing a good job with the jokes. You want to tell the joke? Yeah, I'll tell the joke. Oh, yeah, tell the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there was this couple they were married, and they were having an argument, you know, quarreling. And they decided to give each other the silent treatment. Have you ever done that? You know, like just we're not going to talk to each other. So they had been going a week mute. And and then the husband needed something from his wife. He's like, oh, I really need her help. He He had to get a flight out to Chicago, an important business meeting. And he's like... So he's, he needs to get up at 5.30 in the morning, but he didn't want to break the silence first. You know, everybody doesn't want to do that. So he writes her a note, and he said, please make sure I'm up by 5.30. He's got to catch his wife. So the next morning, he wakes up, and the sun's streaming in the window. His wife's out of bed. It's 9 o'clock. His flight long had gone, and he's, like, so upset. He's just about to get up and find her, and then he notices a note by the side of the bed. It says, it's 5.30. Wake up. (laughs) You did good. You did? Okay. Yeah. You should see when he tries to do the silent treatment. He has to find me because I'm not really interested in that. He has to find me to ignore me, right? It's it's been a long time, darling. I love when that happens. I know it didn't work. Actually, for the past two months, you've been getting the silent treatment, but that's a. Yeah, but that wasn't by choice. There is, though, one key to getting stronger that actually rules them all. And it actually getting stronger in this area impacts, it'll impact physically, financially, mental health, emotional health, relationally. 
And that's if you can get stronger spiritually. Now, don't change the dial. Listen to me for a second. A lot of times people say, well, you know, Alan, I'm not spiritual. Actually, everyone is spiritual. We are, we're made in the image of God. We're spiritual people. We have souls, emotions, mind, and we live in a body. We're, we're, we're made up of three parts. So everyone is spiritual. And if we get stronger spiritually, it actually trickles down into the other areas as well. Look at this verse here. This is out of the Amplified Bible. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? You notice it doesn't say the strong spirit of a man will keep him out of trouble. It will sustain him and, and enhance the ability to handle it. And so in other words, we get stronger and it's not like the problems go away, but our ability to, to handle problems is enhanced. Mm -hmm. So getting stronger spiritually actually can impact all the other areas of our lives. Now, the key is we have to recognize that. Because if you don't recognize that you're a spiritual being, you think, well, I'm just a brain and a body and, and that's all there is. No, there's a lot more to you. And when you recognize there's a lot more to you and recognize the value in that, then that can make a big difference. In fact, we were watching a a show about uh, the antique road antique show. show about mm -hmm. the guy with that blanket yeah so there's this guy that comes in an episode of a guy who comes in he's an elderly man and he comes in he has this blanket that he's just kind of got from his grandmother he's had it over an old rocker for a long time and what they do at the antique road show is they have these expert appraisers and auction people come and so people come and see do they have anything valuable or not so the appraiser says to this man, he said, do you know what this blanket you brought in is? He said, well, I mean, I think it might be a Navajo yeah, blanket. Mm -hmm. And so he says, but other than that, I don't know. It's from my grandma. He said, this is a chief's Navajo blanket that was made in the 1840s. It's a special weave. It's an amazing condition. It's almost, it's like a wool, but it's like a silk. He says, there's very few, a handful of even any of these made. He said, I, my breath was taken away from me when I saw it. He said, sir, do you know what this is worth? He's like, oh, no, I, he's just totally dumbfounded. And he goes, it's worth at least three hundred to $500,000, at least. And the man's like, oh, he gets all teary because he says, we're poor farmers. We've been poor farmers in our family for years. There's no wealth in our family. And he's like, well, you have a very valuable, rare, significant blanket in your possession. And where the man just came in casually, maybe carrying that blanket, he carried it out very carefully. And in between two security guards that took him to his car until he could get it to the bank in the safety box. But sometimes we don't realize what value God has given us, yeah. an ability he's given us. And I, as I was watching it, I thought, Lord, I want to be taken with emotion at the value that you've given us like yeah. he was. Yeah. When you understand that you're a spirit being. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is this guy, I think he was 74 years old. Yeah. He never quit his job. No. He paid off his house and never quit his job. Yeah, because he sold it. He did. Yeah, he, he did, did, he did sell it. I'd have sold that blanket yeah. in a heartbeat, man. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was gone. Actually, you might want to look through your house. Yeah, no, you have, right? no kidding. But uh, the value that, that we have is, is immense. There's a great story in the Bible that I call a picture of strength. It's one of my favorite characters. It's actually one of my favorite stories. It's David. David was, this was the time he had been anointed to be king, but he wasn't king yet. And 
He's a fugitive. He's got about 400 men that have joined him and their families. And so they're almost like a, a, a nomadic group of people. They keep moving around to escape King Saul and they would raid all the enemies of Israel. That's how they survived. And they were out on the raid for about three days and they came back and really encountered a problem. In this, we see, we see the strength, how David got strong. So let's read it here. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, God answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I love the story is, is, can you imagine if you drove home and your house was just absolutely burned to the ground? I mean, you just lost, you lost out financially. All your stuff is gone. They stole your good stuff. They burned everything else. So you just got impacted financially. You got impacted in your relationships because both of his wives were gone. You know, it'd be tough on me just to lose you. What if I had two of you? Thank that, that, you. That, that I'm would, so be... glad you feel that way. I know. <laughs> No, I know one's enough. The one, one's good. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with one. But yeah, he, he lost both wives. And, uh, and then he lost, really, if you think about it, his whole career path could have changed because the men he was leading wanted to kill him. They were upset. They were bitter because they had lost. And what is it about human nature that when we're hurting, we want to hurt somebody else? And so here is David, and he's in a situation and, but I like what we see happens next. The warrior, the mighty leader, the Bible said he wept until he couldn't weep anymore. Now that doesn't look initially like what strength looks like. He wept and cried. I mean, these were expressive people. When the, when the Jewish people, when they were hurting, man, they weren't stoic at all. They would rip their clothes. But David, they said he just wept. And if you've ever been there, well, you cried until you just can't cry anymore. And I know when you were so sick, you remember that. I do. I mean, I think all of us relate to the impact of a situation, especially initially, we have emotions and we're people. And I'm so glad that God understands that. And so when I was in the hospital and um, everything went wrong and I had gotten in a lot of fear and definitely in a puddle of tears and Pastor John Osteen, our pastor, called, called me in the morning. It's Joel's dad. And he said, how are you doing, Joy? And I said, oh, Pastor Osteen, I just have gotten in so much fear and I'm not good at all. And he said, you know what, Joy? That's an initial reaction. That's natural but you can't stay there. Just don't stay there. Get up 
again. I didn't even know I could. I thought being in a puddle of tears, weeping like that, it's over. I totally lost everything. But I love that David, it shows a strong warrior, a strong man of God. He wept, and then he gets up again. Yeah, he didn't stay, stay there. there. He mm -hmm. did not stay there. Yeah. And the Bible said David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, it doesn't tell us how he did it. But we can learn some things. We can just surmise some things by looking at his life. In David's life, he was big on expressing his heart to God. You read the Psalms, and David's always talking to the Lord. And he might start off going, Lord, I got all these problems, and I got all these situations, but he always winds up in a good place. If you read the Psalms, he may start low, but he winds up good. Because he winds up saying, Lord, but you are the strength of my life. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are the one I am trusting in. And Lord, if anybody's going to put me over, you're going to put me over. Yeah. And he, start, he may start off low, but he got to a place of praise. And I can only imagine if he's strengthening himself, David was praising God. Yeah. David also had a love for God's word. Yeah. If you read the Psalms again, you get the, the picture. He said, blessed is the man who delights in the word of God. And this delight, sitting in his word, he meditates day and night. So we, we can imagine this. We can imagine that David did not stay focused on his problem. He did not stay focused on the negative. He had to have something to push him beyond the present situation. He had to have something to get him past what he was doing. So you can only imagine David had to go off by himself and he's probably just worshiping God and going, God, I don't know about this situation, but I know that you are God and I know you can help me when nobody else can help me. And I know when you're God, when nobody else is God. And if anyone can put me over, you can. And if anyone can get me out of this situation, you can. And you're my God and I'm going to, he got strong. Because, and here's another good thing about David though. He didn't get angry at God and he didn't get angry at the men who wanted to kill him. You know, you can't get strong and get angry at the same time. If you're angry at God, you can't get answers from God. So David wasn't blaming God. He's like, he's like, God, I don't know how this happened, but you're my answer. You're my source. And David was able to move past that. He didn't focus on all the uncertainties. Listen, you can't think about all the problems and get answers. You, you've got to move beyond that. And David was able to move beyond that and David was able to get strong. You say, well, how do you know he got strong? I can tell you how you, you know how he got strong because his prayers changed. He wasn't praying, oh God, why in the world did this happen? He's like, Lord, you want us to go after them? Let's go get them. Let's get them. Lord, you want me to pursue this truth? You know you've gotten stronger when you move toward a problem as opposed to away from it. You know you've gotten stronger when you look at your garage one day and go, I am going to clean the garage. <laughs> You got stronger. You know, you, you're a strong place. Because when you're not in a strong place, you look at the garage, you go, ooh, another day, another day. When you start moving toward the problem, you have, you have gotten stronger than the problem. And David got stronger on the inside than the problem he was facing on the outside. Yeah. Say, so, well, what happened? Well, Cliff Notes version, he took his 400 men, they found those, those Amalekites, and they beat them down like the Cowboys beat Tampa Bay last week. It was, it was about... That was one, my one nod to you cowboy fans. Enjoy it. <laughs> they just beat them. And not only did they get their wives back, not only did they get their stuff back, but they got the stuff that the Amalekites took from other people. Isn't that just like God? Not only will he restore you, he can restore you stronger than you were before you got in the situation. So man, they came out and they were strong. I love that story. I love that story because I can relate to that story. 
But how do you get stronger? How do you get stronger this year? How do we get stronger? I think we have to recognize that everyone has the potential to grow stronger spiritually. Everyone. Don't buy into that false narrative that that's ah, not for me, it's for someone else. Don't buy into that. And don't let the enemy lie to you and, and try to tie you down to your past, to your failures, to your weak areas. That's exactly what he tries. And he's a liar. He's a liar. And you have to understand he's a liar. And you have to understand when he's trying to tie you down to that, that's not God telling you you can't. God's the one that tells you I can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's the one that gives you something, something good. And we, we were talking about that, about the, about the story I tell so much about the elephants. About the elephants. You want to tell the elephant story? Yeah, I'll tell the elephant story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it actually came from a book called Teaching an Elephant to Dance. I'm not sure why we would need to read that book, but in that book, it says that um, an elephant, when they're small, what they do is they shackle them with a big chain and they put it in a stake in the ground and they cement that stake, That's, Yeah, right? they cement it in so the ground. Start, so every time the elephant, the little baby elephant, tries to move, it can't move and it stays in one place. Interestingly enough, as the elephant continues to grow, he doesn't realize he could break that thing and lift it and walk away anytime he wants to, but he doesn't. He stays in one place. As he gets older, they just put a little chain around him and there's no stake. He's not staked to anything and he won't move. He'll stay in one place. And they went on further in the book to say that when we're conditioned, we actually can limit our movement. So if we're conditioned in one way towards our past and we think we're tied to that, yeah. it limits us. And yeah, doesn't have to. That's just it. Not even staked. The elephant could move his leg at any yeah. time he wants, but he thinks he can't. Yeah. And so if, if you think you can't, if you think it's beyond you, if you think, you have to understand, that's a lie from the enemy because God says you can. And if you're in Christ, I want to show you some marvelous verse. I love this one here in Ephesians. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen to me on this one. Your spiritual potential far outweighs any natural limitation you may have. That's right. Your spiritual potential is amazing. It doesn't say that we are God's mess, that we are God's mistake. It says we are God's worksmanship. One translation says we're his masterpiece. And he did not create us for failure. He did not create us for defeat. He did not create us for depression. He did not create us to be down. He created us for good works. Being strong is a good work. Having a good family is a good work. Being prosperous in what you do is a good work. You were made for that. So every time the enemy tries to remind you, you all lift your leg, go, there ain't nothing on me. You will, you will not hold me back. You're going to have to also, if you're going to get stronger this year, you have to intentionally do the things that make for strength. You have to, listen, if you don't pray, let me encourage you, just, just talk to the Lord. Not when you're in your cubicle at work, when you're alone, when you're driving, when, you're, when, you, when you have some alone time, talk to him and praise him. Yeah. He's worthy of praise. Amen. He's the creator of the, of the heavens and the earth. He made you. He's worthy of praise. It's not that he needs it, we need it, but it honors him. And we can honor him with praise that will strengthen you. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Yes. And then also make sure that you Take time to read his word and speak his word. Because when you're doing that, 
you're planting seeds of strength in you. And in uh, Psalms is a great verse. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of God's word will give light. And when you're in a dark situation, God's word can give you light yes. beyond the problem that you're currently dealing with. Now, we understand this one. You had to do this recently. Yeah. Yes. So let me, let me tell you a little bit about my story. Right around Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, my voice began to go out. And we, um, we were uh, uh, not that concerned about it. It's happened before. Th thought it was a sinus infection. What we think actually happened to Joy and I both is that we got some, some thing of COVID virus, whatever now. We didn't even test. We're not even thinking COVID anymore. And we got some, some virus that impacted us. And you heard, you heard my voice it would, early December. It would, it would come in and it would go out. And then when we did our, our Christmas thing, I, well, we were really having to push to get our voice. And I went to the doctor. I went to my doctor. And I remember he looked at me and said, you probably damaged your vocal cords. He said, you're not going to be able to do your Christmas. Yeah. And Joy was in the room with me when that happened. I just watched his face. It was that, that King David moment yeah, it where it was like you felt the weight of a situation come at you. Yeah. And I watched. I didn't fall on the floor and cry, though. No, I didn't. I just, uh, <laughs> but I, I remembered it impacted, it impacted me. Because yeah. I'm thinking, we got four services. And uh, if you were here mm -hmm. Christmas Eve, Eve, mm -hmm. you heard me horse my way through that, yeah. that message. Yeah. And then my voice was gone. And I appreciate, um, I appreciate Joy who carried, who carried the load for all of the Christmas services. And then I got Michael involved, my youngest, and, and he helped. And, and I got Matt involved doing the welcome. It was kind of like a family thing. But isn't that what we do when we hit a problem? Families stick together, families stand up, families deal with it. So, I, so we got in to see a, a, an ENT doctor here in Conroe. I want to tell you what, guys, you have to use your faith now to get an appointment with a doctor. And we got an appointment. We're like, it's, it's a miracle. And we came in to talk. They gave me... They gave me some treatments. They gave me antibiotics. They gave me uh, inhalers. They gave me steroids. That's why I'm looking really buff. Really, uh, yeah. Don't encourage that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they gave me, I asked, they said, no, I ain't gonna help you. It's, it's, uh, it was just another, uh, another steroid. And, and I, took, I took that steroid, I did one treatment, and, and the next day my voice is completely gone. And I went back to see this doctor and she looked at me and did the thing through the nose, and uh, that's fun, and uh, <laughs> looked at my throat, and then sent me or said, you need to go get CAT scans on your throat, MRIs on your brain and throat. No one likes hearing that. And it was a real moment, and I'll be honest with you guys. The enemy whispers at night. And uh, he whispered some things I didn't want to think about. And so I had to do what David did. I pray, I read, you know, I hope I do that. I'm a pastor for crying out loud. I shouldn't. <laughs> but I doubled down on going to God's word that said, Jesus is my healer, not just my savior. He's my healer. Amen. 
And I doubled down on by his stripes I'm healed. And I doubled down on himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And I doubled down on the fact that I am redeemed from the curse of the law and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And it was because here's the deal. You say, well, did you feel bad? I didn't feel bad, guys. But this is, listen, this is my whole, this is my career. No one wants, no one wants a, a pastor who can't talk. <laughs> No, no, don't even go. No. <laughs> don't even go there. But, but the whispers at night I had to deal with, and I had to deal with the fear. But we just kept feeding on, we feeding on healing scriptures and speaking them out loud. God's word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. He said, "Now I got to, I got to do what I tell you guys to do." And I began to do that, and we began to get stronger, and my voice began to go back, and we got in to see a specialist. There is actually something called a laryngologist. And they got me in to see one in Baylor. We got, we got an appointment within a week, a miracle number two. <laughs> you know you're getting older when the doctors look younger than your kids. You're like, hey. <laughs> wow, aren't you missing homeroom class? What's up? <laughs> but he was a wonderful doctor. And they stuck something down my throat and, and Joy got to see it on like the big television, screen. Big, big screen. I have gorgeous vocal cords, they're really pretty. But they looked at it and they, and they came back and said there's a procedure, in fact, we're going to see them again this week, something that will help me. But when I called back and said, do I need the CAT scan? Do I need the MRIs? This guy said, no, we don't need any of that. We didn't see any cancer, any polyps, any reason to believe that. And my voice has gotten stronger. The healing power of God is working in me. And my voice has gotten stronger every day. So grateful. So thankful. So, man, you got to do what brings strength. And that helped us. But here's another thing. If you're going to get stronger, you can't, you can't be in strife and angry mm -hmm. at people, at God. Mm -hmm. and, and we, boy, we lived there for years. We did. No longer. Well, and you see, David, he didn't get angry. He didn't, he didn't let himself go there. And I know it's such a ploy of the enemy to pull strength from you. Because when you get in an argument and you have strife, it's just like water going down a drain. Yeah. I mean, within a short period of time, your strength is like, oh, there it went. I don't even have it anymore. Right. But I mean, and we had to... We had to really stop arguments. A lot of times I would say, okay, Ellen, you are exactly right. You are right. I'm wrong. You were still upset. I was like, so, because Ellen used to think that arguing was like a sport, you know? I was like, this is. Somebody's got to win. I know. I was like, no, 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 we have to just stop yeah. doing it. So I would just got, I would just go, okay, you're exactly right. Or I would fall asleep in the middle of yeah. argument. Yeah. He's like, are you sleeping? I'm like, I am now. Most of the time I was really asleep. Sometimes I would close my eyes. And then I'm like, did he leave the room? Because, <laughs> but it's stop. Whatever you have to do to stop an argument, yeah. you don't need your strength. You need your strength, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. how did I? Yeah, it, that's, that's, it. That's, that's it, good, that's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> boom, that's me going under the bus again, but that's all right. Oh, you did good. With two talkers in the house, it, uh, uh, yeah. there's a whole lot of talking that can go on. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but strife, will, strife will hurt you bad. Yeah. So here's the last thing. If you're going to get stronger this year, 
I, I want to share something that that's, I, I think is a whole different perspective. To be stronger this year, we need a stronger purpose. If you're here at the ark, if you've been around the ark for any length of time, you know a lot because I, I have my gifting and teach. I'm more of a teacher. And, and, I, and I will teach applications. And, and what I'll teach is Bible, Bible principles for how to live. The Bible talks about how to live. It talks about how to, how to have better relationships. It talks about how to be stronger mentally and emotionally. It talks about how to, to be stronger in, in your, your careers. It, it just, it talks about all of life. In fact, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and they have it more abundantly. The life in us and our spirit can impact every area. And I want you to be better. I want you to be better in your relationships, in your careers, in whatever you're doing. I want you to be happy, but happy is not the end goal. For the last two decades, Americans, we've chased happiness like it's the Holy Grail. There's been thousands of books written about it, and, and they're just, we keep, the more we chase it, the less we find. And what they've determined, and they're doing all kinds of studies that determine that happiness, people who are happy, are really people who are take, takers. But that's not what makes us really happy in life. The happiness is found in those who are givers. Viktor Frankl was uh, an Austrian psychologist. He was Jewish, came up around the, the time of uh, World War II. Living in Vienna, Austria, the, the Nazis came and separated him from his pregnant wife and his parents, put him in a concentration camp. Viktor, Viktor Frankl had been the guy who had gone through a lot of training. He trained with Sigmund Freud. He trained with another guy, I believe his name was Alder or Alder who were the leading psychologists of the day. He didn't like the vein of thought. He said, he said Freud was all caught up in sex and this other guy was caught up in new, neurotic things about feelings and, and their whole thing was, how do I feel? How do I feel? He said, that's not what gives us purpose in life. He said, you have to find meaning in life. And it called, they called it logotherapy. He wrote a book about it. But when he was, he said, it's purpose in life that enables us to push through, it motivates. So when he's in the concentration camp, he begins to notice the people who are enduring and surviving and the people who are not. He said everyone who had a big purpose, maybe to get out so they can reconnect with a child or a loved one or to continue their life's work, the ones with the purpose were the ones that endured the torture and the degradation and the starvation and all the atrocities that went on in the concentration camp. He said the ones without a purpose didn't make it. He said, because when you can find a purpose, a bigger reason for living, then it's the motivator that can get you to where you need to be. He, en he endured a concentration camp because he wanted to live for his, his wife and see his little child, see his parents again and continue his work. Right now in America, there are six million people who have been diagnosed with heart failure. If they don't do something to change that, within the next five years, half of them will be dead. But what researchers have found out, and it's so sad, 90% of them never change their lifestyle. Over 90%. And we're not talking about climbing Mount Everest. We're talking about lose weight, eat right, and exercise. But 90% of them won't do it. But here's what they found was the biggest factor in people not making the change. Loneliness. You see, a lot of people with heart failure are, are, are elderly and, and they're isolated 
and they don't have anybody to love. They don't have anybody to give to. They don't have a purpose. And so the motivation is not there. Here at the Ark, we want you to live for God. We want you to grow stronger. Man, I want your life to be better. But I also want you to be able to find a purpose. And that your purpose is not just to live your life and go. Your purpose is to be a light, to be a blessing, to do something for someone else in the kingdom of God. And if you have a relationship with the Lord, you have a purpose built in. And if you have a purpose, then you have the motivation to change. You say, well, Alan, I'm not a preacher. I'm never going to reach the world. But you can reach your world. You can reach. You can be a blessing to your family. You can be a blessing to the church. You can be a blessing to the community. And the man who knew more about living strong than anyone alive was Jesus. And this is what he said. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Man, this year my prayer for you is that your relationship with God would grow, that you would grow stronger, that your families would be stronger, that you would be stronger, that your mental health would be stronger, that your physical health would be stronger. But my biggest prayer is that you would begin to find the purpose that God created you for because that is what's going to move you forward. And as days get darker, you don't have to get darker. You can get stronger because you've got a reason. Would you bow your head with me just for a moment? Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who are listening today, those who are here, those who are online. Lord, I thank you that you've you've designed each of us with a built-in desire for a purpose. And Lord, thank you we can find that purpose in you. Father, thank you it's good. It's a reason to change. It's a reason to be motivated the reason to get stronger spiritually. So we thank you for that. Said your bowed and eyes are closed if you came today and said, you know what, Alan, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or I used to and I've gotten away from him. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come down to the front, but we're going to say a prayer and, and this is a wonderful time for you to connect. If you've never connected, if you're watching online, you can say this prayer with us. Man, if you've never made that connection or you know you need to reconnect, this is your moment because that's where strength begins is your relationship with God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. But I am going to ask you this one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, Alan, I want that relationship or I want to come back to that relationship, would you pray for me? Real quickly, would you slip your hand up quickly across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you say, I really wanted to, you can pray this prayer with us. This is a heart prayer. What the heart man believes, what the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we're going to pray this with you out loud. Say, Dear God, Dear God I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, that's still bow. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light and for those who've come back home. Father, we rejoice with them. And Father, for all of us here, thank you for a strong sense of purpose this year and a stronger year 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.